Good evening, and welcome to a special Diabetes Mystery Podcast presentation of A Christmas Carol, starring the fruit suit-clad Happy Healthcare host, Max, Mr. Debabetic Vedic, Mama Rosemarie, best-selling author Tanya Kappas, and the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, featuring Patricia Addy Gentle and Marianne Nicolay. Also on tonight's show, we have Wendy Radford as St. Nicholas Nursing Home Director Christine Kringle, Catherine Schuler as Mrs. Gloria Pincher, Tricia Artman as Nurse Holly Partridge, Savita Williams as Ruby Garland, Terry Seidman as Suzette Tannenbaum, and Chef Robert Lewis as Mr. Harold Pincher. And of course, there's me, your narrator, Lorraine Brooks. Throughout tonight's podcast, we will be featuring original music by Ivan Hampton, Jr. Tonight's story of diabetes, mystery, and intrigue was inspired by Kevin Howdeschel's tragic true life story. His family's efforts led to the passing of the Emergency Insulin Act of 2019 and the Emergency Prescription Refill Legislation. Tonight, our story begins in the kitchen of the St. Nicholas Nursing Home, where happy healthcare host, Mr. Debabetic, is busy preparing trays of snowball cookies for the reception following tonight's staff performance of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. His gluten-free, quirky-flavored, low-carb treats have quickly transformed the quiet nursing home nestled in a cozy Christmas village into a chaotic holiday social scene. Visitors invade by the dozens to sample his latest concoctions. St. Nicholas Nursing Home Director Christine Kringle rushes through the door into the kitchen. Max, we need to talk. Is it about the cast changes tonight's Christmas pageant? Tiny Tim? Me? Really? I cast you because you are perfect. I'm an adult. I'm six feet tall and bald. If you fully commit yourself to the part, the audience will commit to you. That's the magic of theater. Besides, there is no one else. Now, that is not why I need to talk to you. Is it about the fire? What fire? The one that caused the explosion last night. What? Once he calms down, Olaf will give you a full report. All I know is the oven is broken, and my last batch of vegan peanut butter swirl brownies is burnt to a crisp. About those brownies. Oh, no, don't tell me the crowd wants more. They disappear faster than I can make them. They're not the only thing missing. Mr. Pincher has disappeared. You need to find him. Me? First I have to play Tiny Tim? And now I have to head up a search party? Why don't you ask security to deal with this? I'm a pastry chef. 
That's right. You're supposed to be making pastries, not plastering signs all over town advertising free brownies and coffee. Uh, technically, my signs didn't say anything about coffee. Enough. You are solely responsible for all of this. You let that unruly mob of hungry strangers waltz in here and camp out in our dining room. Security's too busy restoring order. You'd better pray Mr. Pincher hasn't been kidnapped. I'm in the middle of making my no-bake snowball cookies for tonight's reception. You'll be digging your own grave if you don't do as I say. Our board of directors will be here any minute. Find Mr. Pincher before they get here and keep it to yourself. What happens if I don't find him? You'll be fired. <laughs> well, right after the performance. This is a joke, right? This is a crisis. Find Mr. Pincher and quick, or look for another job. I wouldn't learn your lines. Put as much effort into playing Tiny Tim as you put into promoting your brownies. Now go. Well, Max does a quick search of the festively decorated grounds of the St. Nicholas Nursing Home, but Mr. Pincher is nowhere to be found. Reluctantly, Max calls in reinforcements, and in no time, his loyal team arrives. Here we all are, son. Patricia, Marianne, and I are all reporting for duty. Where's the body? You? How dare you show your face here, Tanya? Now, Max, you said it was an emergency. I know we would need Tanya's help. It's her fault I'm stuck at the bottom of the culinary food chain. Her reporter friend's morbid account of Sweet Jelly Buttercup's murder in Central Park and my fiasco in Nantucket put the final nail in the, co- the coffin of my career. Once again, I'm a punchline. Max, I had no idea my lunch with Suzette Tenenbaum from the New York Post was going to turn your shenanigans into a front-page story, let alone end up in Jimmy Fallon's opening monologue. He called me a bloodthirsty baker. And worse, you're using my misfortune to sell bucks. Don't think I haven't seen all the shameless plugs for your new novel. Do you mean my new camper and Crismo cozy mystery, Lanterns Lake and Larsenly? I sent you an autographed copy. Yes, you'll find it in the trash, right next to our residence dietary restriction sign that I also threw out. Why would you throw out the dietary restriction sign? Each resident's individual nutritional needs and allergies are crucial for their well-being. No one told Julia Childs what to cook, and the same goes for me. Max, a restricted diet doesn't have to cramp your cooking. You just need to be careful of overly spicy or fatty foods. Let me help, Max. Mama Rosemary said you'll lose your job if you don't find this man. Dear, listen to reason. 
I'm in my 80s now, and I can't take care of you forever. And don't forget, if this poor man misses any of his medications, it could be serious. Fine. But don't make this more complicated than it already is. Once we find him, we're done. Got it? Ooh, I'll run to my car and grab my dryer mace board and markers, and we will map out the situation. Why are you always ready for tragedy to strike? <laughs> Only when I'm around you, Max. After a more thorough search of the St. Nicholas Nursing Home grounds, but with still no sign of Mr. Pincher, the team ends up in Mr. Pincher's room. A relative just can't vanish in the thin air. She's got to be here somewhere. Let's double-check his schedule for any inconsistencies. Changes in food, medication, or activities always help me with my patients. It can identify what triggers high or low blood sugars. Nothing unusual happened until Mr. Pincher didn't show up for his morning appointment. After his physical therapist, Diego, alerted our director, she came looking for me. Why is your boss blaming you? She has this crazy idea that when I opened the front doors, it led in a kidnapper who... <laughs> who abducted one of our wealthiest residents. Honestly, if that's true, I did everyone a favor. Why on earth would you say that? Mr. Pincher makes everyone's life here miserable. He always complains about the prices. I thought you said he was wealthy. He is. He has money. He just doesn't like to spend it. Wait a minute, didn't everyone who came in for the free brownies have to go through security? Maybe we can check the sign-in sheet. No one signed in. People were lined up around the block. When I unlocked the front doors, they practically trampled me. Oh, dear, we better keep looking. Did anyone check this closet behind you? Tanya opens the closet door and finds Mr. Pincher unconscious. Oh, my gosh! There he is, crumpled on the floor. I'll call 911. Text your boss, Christine. Let her know we found Mr. Pincher. I hope it's not too late. Well, the EMTs arrive quickly, and they take an unresponsive Mr. Pincher to the nearby hospital. Christine Kringle should have been here by now. Where is she? She must know you have the situation under control, son. Or she wants to make you the fall guy. Why else would she ask a pastry chef to find a missing person?
the paramedics couldn't determine what caused Mr. Pincher to fall, to pass out. I noticed the EMT's puzzled look also. It couldn't hurt to poke around until your boss gets here. Stop! Poking around always ends up getting me in trouble. Let's go. Too late, Max. It's clear. Whatever happened to Mr. Pincher wasn't an accident. We had to get to the bottom of this. One of the EMTs found this locket in Mr. Pincher's hand. She gave it to me before they left for the hospital. Picture of a young man inside. He seems to be in his late teens or early 20s. Hold on to that locket. It has to be a clue. Why is Mr. Pincher staying at St. Nicholas in the first place? He's re- he was recovering from a broken hip, but he can't leave yet, even though his Medicare coverage has run out. He's stuck here until his wife finishes renovating their bathroom to fit his wheelchair. Unless Christine agrees to lower the cost, he refuses to pay. Look, I found these empty nasal spray bottles on the floor in the closet. They look like medical inhalers to me. No, these are empty glucagon nasal sprays. They are used to treat severe hypoglycemia. Isn't the commonly known as low blood sugar? Yes, and if your blood sugar level falls too low, you need to act fast to avoid serious problems. Insulin? No, it's the exact opposite. Insulin lowers blood sugars. Glucagon rapidly raises blood sugars. People with diabetes need to use glucagon when they take too much insulin or when they exercise too much or miss a meal, which can drastically drop their blood sugar. What happens if they don't take it? Hypoglycemia can lead to a loss of consciousness. How about if you take two doses at once? An overdose could lead to dangerously high blood sugars. Look at this. I found this Christmas card in the drawer right next to his bed. It says, darkness is cheap. Huh. And no signature. Strange message for a Christmas card. Looks to me, Max. Like we have stumbled onto one heck of a mystery. Call Sherlock Holmes. I'm not waiting any longer for Christine. I'm going back to the kitchen. St. Nicholas Nursing Home Director Christine Kringle enters the room. You would better stay put, Max, if you want to keep your job. What took you so long? Who are all these people? Oh, this is my mother, and these are my friends. Everyone, meet Christine Kringle, our nursing home director. I thought I'd make it clear that I didn't want anyone else involved. We helped my son sign, Mr. Pincher. We have loads of experience helping Max out in pickles. Last year in Nantucket, Max went to buy a kitchen appliance and wound up an accomplice. She means an accomplice baker. Enough! What did the EMTs tell you? 
they won't know anything until they get back his test results. But they asked me for a list of his allergies. Mr. Pincher is highly allergic to peanuts. Wait, what's this plate next to his bed? You didn't give any of your peanut butter swirl brownies, did you? Oh, didn't you see the resident's dietary restriction sign I posted on the kitchen wall? Restrictions don't belong in a kitchen. After tonight's performance, I want your resignation on my desk. Now take your friends and go. <laughs> Wait a minute. I bet my friend Suzette Tenenbaum from the New York Post would love to investigate Mr. Pincher's disappearance. A missing resident who almost died? That sounds like a front page story to me. Why don't I give her a call right now? Don't you dare. <laughs> I sure will if you fire Max. Oh, fine. As long as he doesn't cause any more trouble. I have my hands full looking for a replacement for Christmas past. What happened to our singing bookkeeper? Everyone says Ruby Garland's rendition of Ave Maria is a showstopper. After that dispute they had over his bill this morning, Mr. Pincher demanded I fire her. How where am I going to find another soprano at the last minute? Hmm, maybe I can help. I used to sing a little. Really? Mom, Kumbaya with my Boy Scout troop hardly compares to Schubert. Don't worry, son. I have no intention of embarrassing the family. I'll leave that up to you. I have to get back to my office and change the program. Well, no sooner is Christine Kringle out of the room than Tanya begins ransacking Mr. Pincher's room looking for clues. What is this file folder next to Mr. Pincher's bed? Holy smokes! Look at these prices! I can't believe how much it costs to stay here. Who can help us sort out all these clues? Don't look at me. I'm staying out of this. Think again. I saved your job. Start snooping. Let's go find his nurse. They are the pivotal contact between Mr. Pinter's family, the healthcare team, and management. Our team heads down the hall to the nearby Tinseled Nursing Station to find Nurse Holly Partridge. Holly, is there any news about Mr. Pincher? His test results aren't back yet, but his peanut allergy is very serious. It's listed right at the top of the resident's dietary restriction sign. Christine is blaming you. Peanuts are not the problem. These two empty glucagon nasal sprays we found in the closet are suspicious. Does Mr. Pincher have diabetes? No, but his wife Gloria Pincher does. She's got type 2 diabetes. Mr. Pincher showed me the diary he keeps 
of all her medication. She's lucky to have a husband who's so attentive about her diabetes care. Well, let's say he's more concerned about saving money. The staff has nicknamed him Penny Pincher. Their insurance won't cover the replacement cost if she loses her prescriptions. She can always ask for an exception from her doctor based on medical necessity. Or she can file a formal appeal. Do you know anything about this file we found on Mr. Pincher's nightstand? Can he be evicted for refusing to pay? These are his overdue bills. Were you in Mr. Pincher's room this morning? No, the other nurse, Louisa, was on duty. I was at the visiting nurses subbing for my friend Crystal. Louisa filled me in on the big fight in his room. Mr. Pynchon and our singing bookkeeper, Ruby Garland, they were arguing about his bill. Louisa said that Mr. Pincher accused Ruby of adding bogus charges and procedures that he never received. Everyone heard him yelling his head off. My little brother, Kyle, he used to act just like that when he didn't get his way. <laughs> For your sake, I hope your brother grew out of it. Well, Kyle died a few years ago when he was still in college. Oh, I am so sorry. Mr. Pincher sure pushes people's buttons. He demanded that Christine fire Ruby. As Ruby left, she yelled, you'll all be sorry. Maybe she kept her promise. Mr. Pincher can't go home until his wife finishes renovating their bathroom, right? That's a lie. She's going on a cruise. Oh, how lovely. My husband and I took so many wonderful cruises. Ha, she's not going with her husband. She's taking his physical therapist, Diego. I wonder how Ruby feels about that. They were supposed to be getting engaged. By the way, is it true you're playing Tiny Tim? Don't remind me. I'm too embarrassed to even open my script. Oh, you'll be fine. Christine's making everyone on staff play a part. I'm playing your mother, Mrs. Cratchit. <laughs> You're lucky it's only for one night. Dear, my son is a handful. One more thing. Do you recognize the boy's picture in this locket? Where did you find this? The EMT found it clutched in Mr. Pincher's hand. Well, oh, I, I think this is a picture of Mr. Pincher's grandson. His name is Johnny. Here, give it to me, and I'll, I'll make sure it gets back to them. We also found this Christmas card. Funny. I found one just like it in his room a couple of days ago. Here it is. Look, it says, there is nothing on which the world is so hard as poverty. This card isn't signed either. I wonder where they come from. Mrs. Pincher owns a card shop. You should ask her. Our team peers out the snow-covered windows to see a Victorian-era horse-drawn carriage trimmed with garland and bows pull up to the St. Nicholas Nursing Home. A well-dressed woman carrying a suitcase gets out. To go and make. There's Gloria Pincher now. 
I will say, she sure knows how to make an entrance. I have to go and make my rounds. See you backstage. Break a leg. That's a pretty expensive outfit for someone married to a penny pincher. Let's interrogate her, Max. Go help her with her suitcase. Mrs. Pincher, isn't it? I'm Max, the new pastry chef. Let me help you with that suitcase. No, thank you. I'm dropping off costumes for tonight's show, but I'm running late. My husband, Harold, was rushed to the hospital earlier. (laughs) We were the ones who found him. How is he doing? He's still unconscious. After the EMT took him to the hospital, we found these two empty glucagon nasal sprays on the floor. We think what actually happened caused, was caused by hyperglycemia. That's odd. I have type 2 diabetes and always carry a few of those sprays in my purse. But they're missing. But that could be my fault. I mean, it drives Harold crazy when I misplace my medications. You should always have a glucagon emergency kit along with your other diabetes supplies when you're away from home. Oh, you sound just like my husband. He was a pharmacist for nearly 30 years. His pharmacy was right next to my card shop. That's how we met. You don't happen to sell these cards, do you? Yes, I do. Did you write these messages inside? No, but I found one yesterday, just like it, in my husband's room. Here it is. This one says, Christmas is a poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. <laughs> Why didn't they just say, bah, humbug? Wait, wait, let me, let me see those other cards. These are all lines from a Christmas carol. Well, you should know that. Aren't you in tonight's play? Yes, I'm playing Tiny Tim. Sakes, why didn't Christine cast a child? Don't let his appearance fool you. He still looks like one. <laughs> oh, I wish you'd told me sooner. I came all the way here to bring my grandson's old clothes for Tiny Tim's costume. He's only ten, but he's growing so fast. Johnny's wool scarf is about the only thing that will fit you. (laughs) The renovations at the house inspired me to declutter. Well, if you're decluttering, you might want to reorganize your medicine cabinet, too. Good idea. You know, I can never find my diabetes supplies when I need them. Do you have any recommendations? Start by making a checklist. That will help you to avoid duplicate purchases which could save money. You just said the magic words, save money. My husband will love that. He gets so angry when my credit card bill arrives. I warned him that if he didn't calm down, I'd leave him. Maybe it would help to keep similar diabetes supplies together, carbohydrate sources like glucose tablets or hard candy in the same place. It makes things much easier to find. Who could have given these Christmas cards to your husband? Well, the whole staff thinks he's a miser, just like Scrooge. They don't think I know that they call him Penny Pincher behind his back. But Harold swears this place is overcharging him. 
He was accusing Ruby, the bookkeeper who sings, of highway robbery when I came in this morning. Your husband demanded Ruby be fired. Oh, no. He wrote a letter to the board demanding Christine Kringle be fired, and he's threatening to sue them over the astronomical cost. It sounds like he's ruffled more than a few feathers. Does your husband have a life insurance policy? Oh, yes. He isn't stingy about that. Mm, Are you the sole beneficiary? Are you implying that I would harm my husband? Well, you just told us issues with your spending habits and your glucagon sprays are missing. Don't get the wrong idea. I love my husband, despite his faults. And you name me one husband who isn't unhappy with their wife's uh, spending habits. I have to get going. Are you going to see Diego? My husband's therapist? Why would I want to see him? I need to get these costumes to Christine. Here, let me save you a trip. I'll stop off your suitcase after I check in with Olaf. Oh, would you? I'm already late for an appointment with my decorator to pick out imported Turkish tiles. For your master bathroom? No, the bathroom renovations are finished. Now I'm redoing the kitchen. Ta-da! While Max heads back to the kitchen, the rest of the team hunts the winter wonderland looking for more clues. Shortly thereafter, Tanya, Patricia, Marianne, and Mama Rosemarie return to the kitchen carrying a mystery item. Look what we found in the dumpster, Max. It's an empty box that seems to have contained store-bought brownies. Does this look familiar? Stop waving that around. Before someone sees you, the oven is broken, so I had to buy some, okay? No, no, it's not okay. We're trying to help you stay out of trouble, and you lied to us. What else aren't you telling us? Maybe that Olaf the cook didn't cause the fire? Son, what happened this time? It's not my fault. Uh, last night when I was making posters, somehow a bunch of Christine's precious Christmas ornaments got too close to the stove. They caught on fire and exploded. Ever since the murder in Nantucket, bad things just keep happening to me. Max, no one in Nantucket told you to lie about the brownies causing the fire. Face it, you only have yourself to blame. Wait a minute, don't you see? These store-bought brownies are your alibi. Read the food label. No peanuts. You need to tell your boss, Christine Kringle. Why? Obviously, what happened to Mr. Pincher has nothing to do with me, and I don't think I should lose my job. Get your priorities straight, Max. Someone tried to kill Mr. Pincher. And they may try to harm someone else. You don't want that on your conscience. This is all Tanya's fault. 
Her reporter friend called me the almond cookie Al Capone. She didn't even mention that I only used locally sourced ingredients. That's why I posted those free brownie signs all over town. I wanted to prove that I'm a baker, not a criminal. Actually, Suzette Tenenbaum wants to make it up to you, Max. She researched this whole nursing home, and it just so happens that other patients have gone missing. An 86-year-old woman who suffered from dementia died after being found in the freezer. Is that why Olaf won't let me go near the freezer? Well, the number of people living with dementia is increasing. What are the risk factors, Patricia? Diabetes, high blood pressure, smoking, and lack of social contact can all be related to dementia. Back up. What did you say about the freezer, Max? It's strictly off limits. If I need something, Olaf has to get it. Something sinister is going on here. I can feel it. I give up. I'll never be taken seriously as a baker if I'm working in a chamber of horrors. I didn't raise a quitter, son. Oh, Mom. Thanks for believing in my baking talent. <laughs> no one is talking about your baking. Go look in that freezer. The team heads back to the dumpster to collect the rest of the boxes to prove Max's alibi. Ten minutes later, our team enters the kitchen to find Max hobbling around on crutches, and his foot is bandaged. What happened, Max? I sprained my ankle. Some brute stuck up behind me in the stairwell and pushed me down the stairs. Why were you in the stairwell? To keep away from the freezer. Good thing, too. I overheard Gloria Pincher talking to Diego before someone pushed me. Gloria lied to us. She said she was leaving to meet her decorator. She was secretly meeting up with Diego. What did they say? Mrs. Pincher thinks Olaf puts too much salt in her husband's food. Well, she's wise to be concerned about her salt intake. Studies show that people tend to become more salt sensitive as they get older. The more salt you eat, the more risk you have for high blood pressure and the greater the risk for heart disease and stroke. I keep telling Olaf to use salt-free herbs and spices instead. Enough about salt. What else? They were talking about the cruise. Ooh, jilted lovers make the best suspects in my novels. Maybe Ruby attacked Mr. Pincher to get back at Gloria for stealing her man. Or Gloria used the glucagon in her purse on her husband so that she and Diego could run away together. 
I think maybe Christine is behind all of this. Now, now, it's Christmas. Let's stick to the facts. Focusing on people's worst qualities leads to false accusations. Well, that's easier said than done, Mama Rosemary, given this cast of characters. Patricia, did you ever get a hold of your friend at the Visiting Nurses Association? No, not yet. I'm waiting for her to call me back and verify Holly's alibi about subbing for her friend Crystal. Oh, I'd better go. Christine is expecting me. I have to try on my Christmas past costume. I had no idea Charles Dickens wrote a musical. Mom, there's something else. Patricia, you know how you always say knowledge is power when managing prediabetes? Yes, prediabetes is an opportunity to take action before developing type 2 diabetes. And early detection and proper treatment can have enormous benefits, but left unaddressed, the lifelong complications can be devastating. Max, get to the point. Something in the freezer looks like a dead body. What do you mean it looks like a dead body? Either it is or it isn't. I'm not sure. I heard someone coming, so I ran into the stairwell. Um, maybe you should go take another look. Not me. I have to bring the suitcase's costumes back to Christine's office. Her office? Perfect. I know how we can figure out who tried to kill Mr. Pincher. When our team opens the door to St. Nicholas Nursing Home Director Christine Kringle's office, a million twinkling Christmas lights assault them with good cheer. Every inch of space is decorated for the holidays. But there's even a snow snow globe with characters from A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens sitting on her desk. are perfect for Tiny Tim. This isn't my costume, Christine. I actually sprained my ankle. Oh, that's better. Use your pain to fully explore your character's pathos. Uh, Go into the freezer and get some ice. I'm not going near the freezer. and You can't make me. (laughs) See? I was so right to cast you as a child. I'm brilliant. Now, why are all of you in my office? To bring you Mrs. Pincher's suitcase. She said it's filled with costumes. Oh, I'd better get these costumes backstage. Max, it's a half an hour to curtain. Hold on a sec. Do you recognize these cards? Well, these are Scrooge's cue cards. Why do you have them? We found this one next to Mr. Pincher's uh, this morning, Holly found this one in his room the other day, and Mrs. Fincher found this one, the last one. I gave all these to Diego. He's playing Scrooge. It's a trick I learned in drama school to help actors memorize their lines. Diego? Scrooge? Yes, and 
and he's as perfect casting as you are. <laughs> come with me, Rosemary, and I'll show you to your dressing room. I'll come too. Patricia, uh, be sure to call your friend again to ask about that thing, you know, about that thing, you know, that thing. Oh, 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 all right, I will. Max, you'd better get into costume too. And don't be late for your entrance in the Christmas present scene. And with that, Christine Kringle, Mama Rosemarie, and Patricia leave the office and head backstage. Good. She's gone. Let's come Christine's office for clues. Make it quick. I'm already up to my neck in hot water. Look, here's a letter on her desk from the board of directors. It says Christine will be fired if she doesn't solve the problem of Mr. Pincher. Aha! She is using you, Max. And there in the doorway stands the singing bookkeeper, Ruby Garland. Stop right there. Ruby, what are you doing here? More importantly, what are you doing here? I guess I shouldn't be too surprised after that sinister plot you cooked up in Nantucket. You must be working with Christine to rip off Penny Pincher. What are you talking about? Holly emailed that New York Post story about you to the whole staff. Your knack for killing people must be why she hired you. I'm innocent. I tell you, I'm innocent. Uh, save your breath. I know all about your secret little shopping trip to buy brownies. I followed you to the Piggly Wiggly. My lips are sealed just as long as you help me settle a score. What exactly do you want me to do? Kill Gloria Pinter, just like you poisoned that TV chef in New York. How many times do I have to say it? Someone else poisoned my kale hot cocoa. I did not kill Sweet Sour Buttercup. No. Too bad that shove I gave you didn't knock some sense into you. I guess I have no choice but to call the police. Wait. You pushed me down the stairs? Why? You were in my way. I was taking a photo of Penny Pincher's two-timing wife romancing my man, Diego. Wait until I show him this photo. Christine is the real culprit behind his exorbitant bills, along with her whiny, injured accomplice. You're going to pay. <laughs> I'm just the pastry chef. Hold on here. If you didn't tamper with the books, why did Christine fire you? To protect herself. She's been illegally discharging patients to get higher reimbursements with new Medicare patients. I came back to collect more proof. Well, we've got evidence Two, this letter from the board of directors proves Christine had to get rid of Mr. Pincher. 
on stage singing Ave Maria, and the crowd is going crazy. What? How dare Christine let someone else sing my song? Get out of my way. I'm going to wring that singer's neck. Stop. That's my mother. Garland storms out of Christine's office with Max and the rest of the team trailing close behind. The cafetorium is packed with people watching the show. The staff is on stage costumed as the characters. Diego is Scrooge and Holly Partridge as Mrs. Cratchit. And there's Mama Rosemarie as Christmas passed center stage singing. Well, Ruby Garland, followed by our team, bursts on stage, and they're heading towards Mama Rosemarie. You're good, but when I'm done with you, you'll be lucky to ever sing another note. This insanity has to stop. Oh, gosh, I've made a mess of everyone. Tim, your line is, God bless us, everyone. I didn't make those vegan peanut butter swirl brownies, Mrs. Cratchit. I bought them at the Piggly Wiggly. Oh, son, pull yourself together. You're ruining my encore. This oversized tiny Tim is a menace to society. He only acts ridiculous. He's helping to rob Mr. Pincher blind and planning to kill his wife. I thought I raised you better than that. Mom, she's lying. Stop! This scene isn't in the script. You're ruining the show. Oh, why did I ever let you stay after your brownies almost killed Mr. Pincher? For Pete's sake, peanuts had nothing to do with it. Max, go on. Tell everyone in the audience what really happened. Why are you breaking the fourth wall? I never agreed to audience participation. You agreed to let Tiny Tim keep his job if we found Mr. Pincher. And we did find him with these two empty glucagon nasal sprays next to him. Mr. Pincher doesn't have diabetes. Someone intentionally tried to harm him. She means you, Christine. You've been illegally evicting residents. Ruby Garland has the proof. They're lying. Someone close the curtain now. Wait. Ruby, show everyone the proof. You wouldn't dare. After you let someone sing my solo? 
Don't count on it. Look, it's obvious. Christine lied to everyone to cover up for more significant transgression. Mr. Pincher was suffering from DKA when we found him. DKA stands for diabetic ketoacidosis. It happens when blood sugar levels are very high and insulin levels are very low. Our bodies need insulin to use the available glucose in the blood. Diabetic ketoacidosis can lead to coma or even death. And someone gave Mr. Pincher multiple doses of glucagon to raise his blood sugars. That's why he passed out. That would make a great front page story for the New York Post. Right, that. Oh, you bet it would. This nursing home drama is so exciting. Tell me, why would someone intentionally want to harm Mr. Pincher? For revenge. Isn't that right, Mrs. Cratchit? I, I, I mean, you, Holly. You wanted to punish Mr. Pincher for what happened to your brother, Kyle, didn't you? He is delusional. I wasn't even working this morning. That locket you are wearing was in Mr. Pincher's hand when we found him. The boy's picture inside isn't Mr. Pincher's 10-year-old grandson, Johnny. It's your brother, Kyle. Kyle was living with type 1 diabetes and died two years ago on New Year's Eve. His pharmacist couldn't refill his expired insulin prescription. How do you know all of this, Patricia? My friend at Visiting Nurses finally called me back. Holly's friend Crystal lied to give her an alibi. Holly was indeed working here this morning. It's all true. Pincher is the pharmacist who wouldn't refill Kyle's expired prescription. Kyle was just a poor student. He couldn't afford to pay the steep out-of-pocket costs. I wanted Pincher to suffer, just like my brother. I wanted him to experience what it was like to have high blood sugars and not be able to treat it. Holly must have stolen these Scrooge cards from Diego and planted them to confuse everyone. Just like she added the extra procedures to his chart to increase his bill. Oh, it was Holly who administered the double dose of glucagon and then hid Mr. Pitcher in the closet. He must have grabbed her pocket without her noticing it. Sorry about your job, Ruby, but Mr. Pincher needed to suffer. No one with type 1 diabetes should die because of expired insulin prescriptions. But harming Mr. Pincher doesn't solve anything. That's right. The Houdenfeld family lost a son for the same reason. Instead of seeking revenge, though, they fought to change the laws that prohibited pharmacists from refilling expired life-saving prescriptions. House Bill 188 is known as Kevin's Law. It allows pharmacists in Ohio to give patients a 30-day supply of life-saving drugs like insulin, even if the prescription has expired. And the Ohio Pharmacist Association also encourages patients to be their own health care advocates and to remind pharmacists about this law. 
and similar laws have been passed and adopted in 16 other states. I'm not sorry. Mr. Pincher deserved it. Partridge jumps off the stage, runs up the aisle, towards the door. Christine Kringle starts to run after her. Someone, call the police! Rosemary, don't you always say that Max's cookies are hard as rocks? Yes, and some are even harder. Mom, haven't I been through enough already? This is no time to defend your culinary catastrophes. Everyone, grab some of Max's snowball cookies, take aim, and fire! We shouldn't condone Holly's actions, but I guess I understand why she did it. See if we can hit Christine. With any luck, Holly can escape. I was a star pitcher on my high school softball team. Let's see if I still have it. Oh, you fools! Holly needs to pay for what she's done. Punishing Holly won't solve anything. What she needs is grief counseling. Christine, Christmas isn't just about tinsel and presents. Christmas is about forgiveness, too. Holly won't get away. I'm sure she'll be locked up for a long time. Wait a second. You'll do no such thing. I will not allow it. Mr. Pincher, the hospital released you? Harold and I arrived just in time to catch the whole story. Just like Ebenezer Scrooge, I feel like I woke up from a really bad dream. I know I can't change what's happened in the past, but I sure can help make sure it doesn't happen in the future. I hope that means you'll support Kevin's law. There's nothing more important than saving a life. Don't worry about Christine. If she tries to lay a finger on that girl, I'll sing like a canary to the New York Post. I've got plenty of proof. You wouldn't dare. Make sure you tell her about the dead body in the freezer. It's wrapped up in a blanket and covered in bubble wrap. That's our replacement St. Nicholas ice sculpture. What? The last pastry chef accidentally bumped into the first one and broke it. Olaf won't let anyone near the new one until it's on display. He guards it with his life. When does it go on display? I'd love to see that. Are you sure you have time? Don't you have to leave for your cruise? I'm not going on a cruise. I bought those tickets for Diego and Ruby. What? Don't you ever get tired of spending my money? Darling, love is more important than money, present to Diego. To thank him for getting you back in shape. He's planning something special for Ruby when they're out at sea. All this time? We thought you were having an affair with Diego. Oh, my. Well, that is partially my fault. 
Diego made me promise to keep the cruise tickets a secret. Let me assure you that Harold is the only captain of my heart. Yeah, I'm the only guy who can afford her. Now, now, dear. Christmas Eve. I'm glad Christine cast you as Tiny Tim, Max. Tiny Tim illustrates the financial hardships of 19th century England. Tonight, you and your friends made us aware of today's health care disparities. Your grandson's clothes clued me in. They're too small to fit the boy pictured in the locket. Kyle was 20 and not 10 years old. That's how I knew the locket belonged to someone else. And Max's handiwork in the kitchen paid off this time. If he hadn't broken the oven and bought those brownies, we wouldn't have had to investigate. Max, will you move on after all the excitement dies down? (laughs) Trust me, if Max is around, excitement will be the only thing that doesn't die. (laughs) I don't think I'll stay here. But from now on, I'm going to stop being haunted by my past. Well, I'm going to get back to the kitchen. There's something I'd like to read. Could it be the resident's dietary restriction sign? Actually, it's an autographed copy of my favorite author's new cozy mystery. Max, you said you threw out my book. I just said that because I was angry. I can't wait to read it. Well, if my son isn't going to get wrapped up in another mystery, thank goodness it's one of Tanya's. Well, there you have it, listeners. Another mystery was solved by our crack team of amateur sleuths. In the spirit of Scrooge's awakening at the end of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, we encourage all of you to honor Christmas in your heart by living in the past, the present, and the future. Try to embrace the spirits of all three and the lessons they teach. Tonight's mystery was inspired Kevin Howdeshell's tragic true life story. Thanks to the Howdeshell family for their advocacy with the Emergency Insulin Act of 2019 and the Emergency Prescription Refill Legislation. Known as Kevin's or Howdy's Law, it allows pharmacists to dispense an emergency supply of a chronic maintenance medication if the doctor cannot be reached. It's a common-sense act that could save a life. Max and I would also like to extend our sincere appreciation to pharmacist Mandy Reese for reviewing our medical content, and of course to our cast for making tonight's show fun and informative. Thanks also to USA best-selling author Tanya Kappas, Mama Rosemary, Patricia Addy-Gentle, Terry Seidman, Marianne Nicolay, Tricia Artman, Catherine Schuler, Chef Robert Lewis, Zavita Williams, Wendy Radford, and of course our producer, Lisa Chester Weir. 
original music provided by Ivan Hampton Jr. And Celine Dion's vocals are courtesy of Sony Music. Until next time, this is Lorraine Brooks, your narrator. God bless us, everyone. <laughs>